Hello and welcome to Don't Stop for Monkeys, the fourth part of this seven-part series. Please remember to rate and review the show. If you are listening with young audience members, try visiting don'tstopformonkeys.weebly.com to read along, check out the illustrations, and the vocabulary words. When we last left our hero, Thimble the Mouse had been exploring the Terrarium Lab and Research Center for the Preservation of Our Global Ecosphere and had had a close encounter with a troop of monkeys. I'm your host, creator, narrator, and illustrator, Heather Chrysler, and this is Don't Stop for Monkeys, Chapter 4, Thimble in the White Place. It was time to disembark. Thimble had been riding astride Calixto's back to a hidden part of the wall in the big cage. There are compartments here that were monkey-sized, and spaces where people could give the monkeys treats, usually fruit, sometimes even mango. Thimble relaxed his grip on Calixto's fur and slid down his leg. Several of the monkeys had followed them, as they had most certainly been eavesdropping. Thimble found this rude, but Calixto paid it no bother. Perhaps this is simply how a troop of monkeys was. If one of them knew something, they all knew something. You remember my directions. Calixto looked serious. Down the corridor until I reach the stairs, down one flight, and then I'll see the white tiles, then I must find the room where they're keeping Chickpea. Her name tingled and danced on Thimble's tongue. After not seeing her for many months, he was only two corridors and a flight of stairs away, and his heart gave a little leap. We are all wishing you luck, my friend, said Calixto. And you remember what else you must do? Thimble nodded. His eyes made a silent vow to the monkey. Trust me, Thimble, said Calixto. It's finally our time thanks to you. The holes in the wall that were meant for pushing treats through were just big enough for Thimble, and he gave the monkey a bow and wiggled less gracefully than he would have liked through the nearest one. He dropped to a table below with a kerplunk. The lights were blindingly bright and electric compared to the primate exhibit, and Thimble winced. For several moments, he could not see at all, He became nervous. All he saw were lumpy shadows. Then one of them moved. A shadow in the shape of a person reached up its vaguely arm-shaped limb to scratch its shadow nose, and Thimble knew he was not alone. He blinked and the world came into focus. He was in a place unlike he'd seen at the center yet. There were no beautiful plants here, no humidity, no vivid scents on the air. There were only a few people. Human beings wearing shirts like Mr. Todd's, though none of them were Mr. Todd himself. One human held a clipboard. He was laughing with a blonde woman who sat at a computer. The third was quietly observing the monkeys through the window on the wall. Thimble crouched low. He had not been spotted yet. A mug of half-full cold coffee sat on the table. It had a picture of a very fat cat, and Thimble scurried behind it. 
Have you seen all the attention John's mice are getting? The woman at the computer said. It's remarkable, yes. Everything John does is remarkable. The man beside her sighed. They remember everything, she said. Where's my coffee? Oh, it's on the table. The man turned to retrieve the mug, which Thimble was still hiding behind. He put his hand on the handle, lifting it up. And in the same click of a second, Thimble had thrown himself toward the leg of the table and was sliding down it like a fire pole. The man stared at the table. What's wrong? The blonde woman asked. Oh, nothing, he said. Just seeing things, I guess. The ground was hard and cold as Thimble skittered along the edge of the wall. Don't get caught, don't get caught, he thought to himself. Thimble's tummy grumbled and his mouth was dry, but his heart beat with anticipation. Chickpea was so close. So soon he would be able to hold her in his arms, lean into her ear, tell her he had found her and that everything was all right, tell her that she was finally going to live with him in the garden. Thimble entered a long hallway, at the end of which he could see a door. This must be the stairwell, and a human being carrying a clipboard was making his way through it. Thimble raced with all the force he could muster in his four legs, and after nearly missing getting stepped on, he jumped through the closing door. The man was clicking the top of his ballpoint pen and seemed fully engrossed in the contents of the clipboard, so Thimble did not hesitate to climb aboard the man's cuffed slacks, Thus, clinging to the bottom of the man's pants, hanging on for dear life, Thimble was jostled down the whole stairwell, was carried through the door at the bottom, and only let go when he was on the other side. Thimble found himself sitting in the middle of a cold, white tile. Calixto had spoken accurately of the white place, but still Thimble felt unprepared for what he saw. It glowed, this place. It shone. Everything before Thimble gleamed white. The floor was so shiny. He could almost see his own reflection. The walls were white. The light was white. And all the air buzzed with a certain excitement. People all wearing white, white suits, white gloves, white booties over their shoes, white caps on their heads, flowed in and out of doors. They chattered about findings. They scribbled on clipboards. They seemed elated. They were full of potential. They were bubbling with possibility. A woman with her brown hair tied back in a ponytail and a dusting of freckles across her nose stepped into the hallway with a young man. It's incredible, Norman. They can walk the maze with no errors after only one attempt. They remember it perfectly, having done it just once. Then she and Norman were through another door. Thimble wondered if she was also talking about the mice. Luckily, no one seemed to be watching the floor. So Thimble moved deftly down the hallway to the first door. He waited only a moment before an excited scientist opened it and unknowingly allowed Thimble to slip through undetected. Thimble breathed a sigh when he saw the room. No humans appeared to be inside, just a few white tables in the center of the room, a sink sat under a window on the far wall, and the rest of the room was lined floor to ceiling with cages, metal cages, with bars. Boo! 
Thimble jumped and whipped around, behind him leaning against the bars of his cage, an unfriendly smile glowering across his face, stood an enormous rat. Thimble backed up several paces. He flattened his ears against his back. Where you going, little mouse? Asked the rat, and his gruesome smile widened. Come here, little buddy. I won't hurt you. The rat flashed its claws. They were sharp, and Thimble imagined them slicing into the skin of his belly where his fur was soft. Thimble scampered off, but the alert had been sounded all through the room. Rats called from cages. Here, mousy, mousy, mousy. Thimble tucked his tail as the voices chattered off the walls. There must be a hundred rats in here, he thought. Are they all rats? Mouse over here. Against the bars of its cage stood an apricot-colored rabbit with ears that flopped over toward her feet. The rats were still cackling from their cages, but the apricot rabbit said, Don't mind them. They're bored. They're jealous you're out and about. Rats had never been very pleasant animals in Thimble's experience. Although he could say the same for rabbits. Rabbits had a habit of creeping into the garden at night to eat tulip leaves as they first grew from the earth in early spring. They would munch them down with their great chewing jaws. This broke Thimble's heart. He loved to climb inside tulip blossoms. As a pup, he would play this way with Ladle for hours. Each would scale the stem of their respective chosen tulip, and they'd cuddle themselves inside. Then, wrapped in their cocoon of color, they'd call to each other about how the color made them feel. I feel safe in this yellow one. Ladle had called to Thimble, a bit muffled by petals. Everything is yellow. I'm yellow! It's kind of funny. Well, this purple one makes everything look like nighttime. Thimble called back. I can pretend it's dark out. Then Ladle in his bath of yellow and Thimble in his imagined night both nodded off. They slept, nestled in the tulip blossoms all afternoon long, which they would not be able to do if rabbits had their way and ate down all the brand new tulips as soon as they came up. Thimble looked inquisitively at the apricot rabbit. He had never seen a rabbit who looked like her before. All the rabbits Thimble had ever known were speckled brown, the camouflage of the garden. And their ears stood straight up in the air. They were a bit smaller, too, Thimble surmised. You're an odd-looking rabbit, I must say, said Thimble with probably less tact than he could have mustered. I'm a lop, she retorted indignantly. Thimble stepped a little closer and whispered conspiratorially. Is your name Peony? Yes, said the lop. And she, too, stepped a little closer. And you know a monkey named Calixto? Peony gave a short gasp and then whispered, I do. He told me if I came across you, I was to tell you that it's time. Peony's eyes got very wide. Mouse, she said. Do you see how my cage is fastened with that piston there? Thimble did see. He stepped up to the fastening and pushed with all his might. It did not budge. He pushed and pushed. Nothing. Come on, then, said Peony. Give it one last try. Thimble took a deep breath and pushed with everything he had. 
The fastening budged only slightly at first, but with that, it had been loosened from its place, and the piston slid open the rest of the way. With a clink, Peony nudged the cage door with her nose, and it gently gave way, swinging open before her. Still, she stood inside, looking out. What is it? asked Thimble. I've been in this place for so long, Peony whispered, and her voice trembled, though Thimble could not tell if it did so out of worry or joy. One flopsy paw, and then another. Peony exited the cage, until she stood all four feet on the cold, white tile. She turned toward Thimble then, and surprised him with a kiss on the nose. It's finally time, Mouse, she said, and he watched as she began to hop away, her cotton tail bobbing up and down. Oh, wait! Thimble cried after her. But Peony had put her front paws on the door and pushed and was hopping out of the room. I didn't ask you where the mice were kept, said Thimble to himself, and he let his ears fall toward his back. He looked around at the big room, and the rats kept cackling at him from their cages. No time to despair, Thimble thought. I'll have to just keep going. Intrepidly, he began moving from cage to cage, the ones he could see from the ground anyway, and each time he came across a rat with an angry snarl on its face, he would move on. Not a mouse, not a mouse, not a mouse. Hey, said a voice next to him. Are you going to shout at me as well? Thimble asked the old rat inside. No, my friend, he said, and he tottered to standing. He seemed frail to Thimble. A chunk of skin was missing from one ear, causing there to be a small divot. Do you want out? asked Thimble. The old rat nodded. Thimble climbed to the fastening of the rat's cage. This one slid open a little easier, and the door swung open. The old rat lifted his nose into the air and breathed in his freedom. He smiled at Thimble, and each of them seemed to know instantly what to do. Through the room they went, any cage they could reach. The old rat and Thimble pushed the fastenings open with a clink. Several more rats and a few more rabbits leapt from their cages with joy. What had first begun as an endeavor on the part of Thimble and one old rat started to become the work of many. Thimble would open a cage, and the creature he had brought to freedom would open the cage of their neighbor. Animals in the cages higher than anyone could reach screamed with a mixture of delight and envy. Thimble opened one cage that held a tortoise and Thimble waited patiently as the tortoise stepped, stepped, stretched, stepped, and stepped, until finally he had made his way to freedom. Then he waited as the tortoise turned his neck around to look at Thimble and say, Thank you. And be on his way. The animals in the cages above were crying out to be set free as well. How on earth, thought Thimble, even if we climbed up to open their cages, how would they get down? As though to answer that thought, the door to the room banged open and in raced the troop of monkeys, led at the front by Calixto himself. Their cries were deafening. All around the room, all you could hear was, woo, 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 ah, ah, ah. 
He and he had succeeded then. Thimble was shocked how fast she had worked. The monkeys climbed up the bars of their cages. They could go floor to ceiling in a heartbeat. They opened the cage doors with much more dexterity than Thimble had managed himself. They handed animals down from one monkey to another until they were safe on the ground. A parrot flew from one cage into the air. The floor simply wriggled with creatures everywhere. It was pandemonium. Thimble searched the crowd. He'd see a flash of white fur and his heart would leap, only to see it was a rat or a rabbit. Where was she? As far as he could see, he was the only mouse in the room. Maybe because he wanted so badly to find her, and maybe because he knew he would not be heard above the commotion, Thimble screamed out. Chickpea! But his voice was lost among the scurry of creatures racing toward the doorway. Suddenly, Calixto dropped to his side. Hurry, Thimble. There are many more to free. And he dove into the crowd. Thimble followed. If he had thought it was chaos from his vantage point hanging onto the bars of the cages, the floor was like nothing he'd known before at all. All about him were the plodding feet and the screaming of animals. Parrots squawked from above, rabbits and rats squealed, the monkeys laughed, and somewhere the tortoise stepped along, saying, Here we go. But quite slowly. A white rat with brown spots stumbled and fell. She moaned and cried out as many little feet ran over her. Thimble fought through the mass of furry creatures to get to her. Back away! He yelled, in a voice so loud it surprised even himself. And then he knelt, though he was surely an eighth of her size, and he helped her back to her feet. The crowd was moving toward the door. Thimble could see the monkeys were holding it open, and the small sea of animals was pouring through it. He moved with the crowd like a wave, still turning this way and that, searching for Chickpea. Was she here? Would she be crushed in the crowd? The chaotic choir of screams was organizing itself throughout the army of refugees, and the voices of the animals began taking up a chant. At first, Thimble could not tell what it was, and then he realized they were chanting, Exit. 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 Exit and marching toward the door. Thimble, too, was being swept along, and just like that, he was passing the monkeys who stood in the doorway like sentries at the gates, and on into the white, white hallway. The sight was almost enough to make him laugh, had it not been somewhat terrifying. Here were the same excited, composed scientists he had seen only half an hour before. There were the men from the primate exhibit, and the blonde woman who was still clinging to the coffee cup with the picture of the fat cat. He assumed they'd followed the monkeys, but now all three stood in a corner, paralyzed, watching the wave of animals flow militantly toward them. There was the woman with the brunette ponytail, and Freckles. She was trying to pick up as many rats as she could. She'd use both hands to scoop two off the floor, and then she'd hand them backward to Norman. She didn't ever look back at poor Norman, who was becoming simply overrun with rats. He was managing to keep hold of about seven, but they were constantly breaking free of him and rejoining the charge, making his efforts comically quixotic. 
In the middle was a man trying, tirelessly, not to step on any of the little scurrying bodies, rushing beneath the heels of his shoes and over his toes. Thimble couldn't help but exclaim out loud, Why, it's Mr. Todd! Mr. Todd was doing an awkward little dance, lifting one foot, gasping, lifting another. Sweat was dripping from his forehead, and as though to no one, he suddenly screamed out, Have all the animals gone mad today? The crowd was still chanting as it moved, Exit! 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 And it flowed into another room. All the while, more and more cages were being opened, and more and more creatures were joining their ranks. Chickpea! Thimble was calling, but no one answered. Into the next room, the crowd of animals paraded, opening cages and chanting with ever more ferocity. Thimble looked up. This room was different from the other. In the center, above the heads of the other animals, he could see a great white structure. It was magnificent, coming into focus like the walls of an ancient city. The humans had followed the creatures and had begun to get a few of them back in their cages. To Thimble's utter shock, he found himself floating away from the floor. Someone had plucked him up. He gripped the white-gloved finger and looked into the eyes of the blonde woman. How did you get down there? she asked. said Thimble, and he watched as she began to lower him over the walls of what he had thought was a city. Here from above, however, he could see it was not a city at all. It was a great maze. He gripped tighter to her glove. No, he thought. But down, down she lowered him into the depths of the labyrinth. The cast for this episode of Don't Stop for Monkeys includes Jamal James as Thimble the Mouse Steve Peebles as his brother Ladle Nick Sands as Calixto the Monkey King Alyssa Thorderson as the blonde woman. All right, this is Eric Eilerson for the man. Sarah Rachel Scholl as the woman with the brown hair. Mark Chrysler as a rat. Hi, this is Suzanne Jamshidi playing Peony the Rabbit. David Gordon Johnson as a tortoise. Andrew Bailing as a rat. And of course, Larry Grimm as Mr. Todd. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>